break, draft, trade. Let's actually take two seconds. Okay, we're taking two seconds. Oh no, what happened? <laughs> everybody quit. I go, I take one leak and everybody's gone. Do, 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 do. How did I beat Mike? <laughs> I come back and everybody's fucking gone. I know, I was like, Nick is gonna be like, where did they go? <laughs> we're playing hide so and what seek. Happened? What, what happened was, we um, were playing hide and seek. Everybody left me. And then I was like, Nick is gonna come back and be like, where the freak did they go? Yeah, WTF, mate. They like to call him Big Papa. I just wanted to get that Good. in there. In a point where I'm gonna cut it out, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll. You know what? Like, it should be like, where's Waldo? You just sneak it in. Interject that, and yeah, I'm just gonna sneak it in. That hard to cut point. Oh my god, Mike, two <laughs> seconds is has been up. Why is this? Why is this not like? Why is Nick is like go, forming into the logo? I love it. <laughs> he is the rank drafter. And he's not wearing green. Oh, it's because the lights off. Oh yeah, I have like no lights in this place. I gotta set up lamps. Guys, it's so dark. Guys, guys, let's do it with the lights on. Oh my god, that's what she said. Break, draft, trade. <laughs> that's actually better from what I can hear. Deep, deep throat at Mike. Yeah, really get that Mike deep in the throat. <laughs> I am recording. I am. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Did we lose him? I started talking about deep throating and Mike disappeared. <laughs> Wrong pod. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> I do um, want to introduce you to, is it Jeremy McNipples behind me here? That's for your viewing pleasure, Mike. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. Yeah, so don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Which, like, because he wants to keep those people involved. Which, honestly, I'd rather have a commissioner like that than a commissioner who's doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, like selling jerseys for too much money. Uh, yeah. Like in this draft and us talking about other ones, there's a lot of different opinions out there right now. You told me to put on the block, Mike! Yes, and, and what did you do? You just got yourself some anxiety. But if you were to get like some, if you were to like tear down and like waddle. Some anxiety? I was up all fucking night, like crying in the corner and shaking. Yeah, you were worried about a quarterback, but like if you were able yes. to like tear him down into like waddle plus a, like a top 12 quarterback yeah. or a top like 16 ish quarterback plus like a couple of depth pieces, mm. that would have been like much better yeah. because you're not losing as much of the production there. I'm going and talking to the person who has Mahomes, Josh Allen, Hurts. Burrow. Nobody has that person. You already have Herbert. So unless I'm getting them, I'm not f***ing with J-Jets. Like, I'm not even trading J-Jets really to get T-Law unless the thing that goes with T-Law is awesome. Yeah. Like, I, otherwise, then it makes no sense for your team. The only thing that would make sense for is to get a top five QB. Yep. And you already have one of them. Yeah. One of the top six-ish. They'd be stupid to give me another top five quarterback because then I'm getting my three-peat. Yeah, you're probably getting it anyways. I'm playing for next year. <laughs> okay, so I see what's happening. Happening. Nick's like, it's a money league, so now I'm gonna make sure I don't give Noble all of the uh, good info here. I, I try to send you trades, and then you tell me you don't like the players in the trades, and I trade with someone else, and then you get mad at me for trading with somebody else. I said I was <laughs> going to take the trade. Hang on. You were not gonna take Hopkins. You said you didn't like Hopkins, oh, I didn't so want then Hopkins. I immediately started shopping Hopkins. Who wants Hopkins? 
Hopkins. The guy I sold Hopkins to. That's why Nick was moving it. Yeah, well, we had a deal, and I said, I'm going to take it, but I was trying to work moving parts because there was other things I was trying to work. It's fine. Okay, are you ready? Let's let's go. No, it was a good pick. Okay, no, we'll thanks. talk about that. There's nothing wrong with it. Bad pick. Terrible. Sorry. Boom. Roasted. Let's do this. Whatever. <laughs> I, know, I know you like him, Mike, because you picked him. He picked him as the RB3 in this draft. Johnston. Johnson? Johnson. Sorry. Yep. Johnson. Johnston. No, it's Johnson. Johnston. Oh, Rashawn no, Johnson. No, Johnston was the wide receiver. Johnson. Rashawn Johnson. I'm sorry. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me at NobleG underscore FF. And to introduce our fantasy brains, we have the Papa of the Pod, Mr. Papa Bear Claw, Mike. You can find him on Twitter at underscore Papa Bear Claw. Say hello to your fans, friends, and phalanges. Hey, at least you know my Twitter more than yours. I do. Hello. <laughs> Underline Papa Bear Claw. <laughs> underscore. Yeah. Underscore. Because apparently somebody else already has it. So. I mean, because it's super cool. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's very popular. There's two of us. Yeah. Which is shocking, actually. Right? <laughs> it is a little shocking. And, of course, we have our number one Iowa fan, perhaps your only Iowa fan that you might know, Mr. Nick James, at Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. Say hello to your fans, friends, and phalanges. Hello, hello. Here to be bashed subliminally for my fandom week after week. Oh, we will not bash you. <laughs> Never. Well, we may we may have bashed Sam Laporta this draft. Oh, boy. Where? I can't even find him. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Laporta deporta out of the drafta. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Isn't he your tight end one? Who? Oh. Yeah, he's tied for my tight end one. Is he? Yeah. What? Okay. Is he really? Yes. Tight I done one on what planet? This one. Uh, the Lions, at least. Oh, my God. I don't know. Brock Wright. How many total players are we doing today? 24. Two rounds. 24. Okay. So, in today's episode, we did a mock draft. You all know how much I love drafting. <laughs> draft anxiety. Although, it's getting better. It's getting better. Anxiety. Because I have these guys to calm my nerves when I'm doing this stuff. So, it's getting better. But we will be discussing the top 24. So first two rounds of rookie picks. So this is a great show if you are not super familiar with what you're looking at for your rookie picks in your fantasy leagues. I myself am feeling pretty unprepared going into these rookie picks. I I have to be honest, full disclosure, I just haven't had the time to study the rookies like I did last year. I felt a little more confident in knowing probably at least this many rookies, 24 rookies. Um, But that is why this podcast is so important because Nick and Mike do all that work for you. And they're going to tell you why you should value these rookies in these particular places. So this is the perfect podcast to listen to if you're looking for rookie information and you haven't had the time to put into studying rookies, or if you just want to compare notes, maybe you've done your own studying and you want to see how close you are on values. And how wrong I am. And how wrong. Maybe you just want to prove us all wrong at the end 
of the season. Maybe you want to see who Nick's Kayshawn Vaughn is for the year. <laughs> so many to choose from. <laughs> Even though we just did this like two days ago, I want to switch some of my picks. Yeah, because it's like the it's like ever changing. <laughs> it really is. It's like such a high anxiety in a good way, right? So like the rookie draft take takes place, and everybody's immediately like, "Oh, this is my number one guy here, and this is my number one guy here," and then you start drafting and like values change and like guys that maybe you didn't rank so high are getting drafted higher and then values sort of like evolve. So this is this is fun times. It's interesting all different leagues you're playing with different people. I feel like it's always so interesting to see where other people value players cuz a lot of times it's just it's very different. So like 14 superflex QBs might be moved around a little bit. Tight end premium you might move some of these tight ends around a little bit. For this draft, our assumptions is 12-team Superflex with no tight end premium. This wouldn't change if there was tight end premium for me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really think so. Maybe Kincaid up a little bit. That's about it. I don't think Mayer would really move for me, but... I might have taken a Hawkeye. <laughs> you might have. <laughs> yeah, well, you have favorites, so... <laughs> if, I, if I if I went Reed with my last pick, would you have gone with the Hawkeye? Yes. Okay. I was really hoping you would go Reed, so I could go Laporta, and then I picked Reed, second to last pick, and begged our guest to take Laporta, and he did not. <laughs> so Laporta is undrafted this evening. Stephen Murphy, <laughs> that's a demerit. <laughs> so, as I alluded to there, we have a guest. He's been mentioned on podcasts previously. He's one of the members of the groups. He's one of the guys that are studying the rookies earliest. He follows a lot of the college football. He's one of my favorite people to get opinions from and kick knowledge with. So, thank you, Stephen Murphy, for or I'm sorry, Stephen Murphy, for joining us in this draft. Yeah, Stephen Murphy is such a cool guy. Um, always comes through with really valuable knowledge. Make sure that you're taking Stephen Murphy's pick into consideration because he definitely comes from a place of good experience in fantasy football. So thank you, Stephen, for joining us in the mock draft. And forgive me for mispronouncing Stephen as Stefan. I'm sure it won't be the first name that I mispronounced today. Oh, uh, I got a couple I'm going to butcher. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So let's get into this. Ladies first, as always, in our mock draft. So facts. <laughs> I went with the unequivocal. Is that the word? Unequivocal? I think you nailed it. Yeah. Number one pick. I have not seen anybody else in any of the drafts I've done so far go over Bijan Robinson. So, duh. First pick, we're going with the stud running back. Will he be the number one running back in the the NFL coming up in this next season. Bijan Robinson goes to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Were you guys surprised or did you see, like, was that known? Or I feel like there was a little bit of surprise with Bijan going to Atlanta. He's the best B-Rob since Brian Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> he is. It wasn't so much a surprise that he went to Atlanta because that's like a great fantasy destination for him to go to. It was more of a surprise that Atlanta actually picked him. Okay, okay. I see what I see what you're saying yeah okay that early like this you know like everyone was like oh atlanta fantastic spot for Bijan robinson rushing team arthur smith it's gonna be fantastic competition's really
really not that great. Even a rookie last year, who I really don't think is that great of a running back, put up over a thousand yards. I know that's only like 58 yards a game, but still decent production for a rookie. And they really don't have too much else going on offensively. Their quarterback situation isn't great, so it was a little weird for me for them to take the running back. But I think they're going to really center the offense around him. I think it's a fantastic landing spot. Yeah, I was surprised he went as early as he did. He was supposed to be mocked. He was mocked before the NFL draft in like the 20s, and then him going early first round like this is the earliest drafted running back in a long time like i can't believe it i mean like the hype has been there with Bijan, but man 1.08 that's pretty early in an nfl draft to take a running back what you would think teams are thinking nowadays but probably the best landing spot yeah so we have often talked about when it comes to rookies landing spot so there's there's two parts so there's how good is a player what's the skill set and then there's landing spot you can take a really really great skilled player and put them in a really terrible landing spot and it devalues them or you can have the double threat which is a really skilled player in a fantastic landing spot and you have the gold star player and Bijan Robinson in Atlanta obviously is the gold star player and um, great landing spot the whole total package yep you gotta love it not only great landing spot the best possible landing spot for him and the most talented player offensively for fantasy football in this draft and you got both of them all in one he was already locked in at the 101 and it only got better and i know that's who you took here at the 101 and this is a super flex draft so obviously one qb but yeah for me locked in the qbs that will come after all have questions and even the other first round running back but Bijan locked in 1.01 easy button which was the meme i was giving you every time you had you picked this draft yeah 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 all right so speaking of questionable quarterbacks um mr papa bear claw mike they like to call him big papa i had no. to do it i had to do it i had to do it you know you can't you're not a, not a lot not a lot just because you say it quieter doesn't make it okay <laughs> now he has to turn the volume up to hear you the rest of the way to, to get to figure that one out <laughs> do it again in this pod just because maybe you want to tell us who you went with at the 102 yeah, probably for nick this is a little bit of a reach just because this guy can't oh that was a short joke <laughs> yeah that, that that is the knock on him uh, i love it that was good mike oh, mike is getting so funny we are so wearing off on mike uh, <laughs> i know it's getting good so the uh, the quarterbacks for me in this strip well the first three quarterbacks for me in this draft they're very close for me this i'm just kind of going with like my standard team composition i i think bryce young is the safest pick of the quarterbacks i think he's got the best floor he's closest to the floor <laughs> he is closest to the floor <laughs> oh she got me boom roasted <laughs> <laughs> Being selected first overall, they have a huge investment into him. Unfortunately, the surrounding cast is just not that great. Uh, he's got the leftovers of Thielen and Shark and Terrace Marshall, maybe? That's not going to happen. Hey, it's his season. It's his season. They did add a receiver later in the draft. I just think he's going to have the most opportunity. I think he's the day one starter. Do you think Andy Dalton starts week one? There is a possibility that Andy Dalton is the week one starter again. The same possibility that Davis Mills is the week one starter. Actually, it might be a little higher for Dalton. Okay, so I live in North Carolina. So can I speak from a place of um, pain? opinion here? Oh. Yes. <laughs> People are so all in on Bryce Young. All in. This is their franchise quarterback. They are as excited about him as they were, excuse me, with, about Cam Newton. <laughs> 
he is the chosen one. They love him already. Mm -hmm. I knew I loved you before I met you. Like, cue Savage Garden. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you is just like a blank where you can just fill in who they picked with the first pick. Because whoever it was, it was going to be, you need to be the savior. Yeah, well, they're hoping he's the savior. Maybe big things come in small packages. Is that the saying? Mm -hmm. They could. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They could. It does worry me a little bit that he's shorter than me and I have difficulty seeing at a concert when somebody's standing in front of me. But I I think he plays the game very well. I think he reads the game very well. Yeah, I would like to interject. Cartman made a good point. He was like, you know who else wasn't really ideal stature and a little bit on the short side? And that was none other than Drew Brees. Do you remember Mm -hmm. him? So, Mm -hmm. not impossible. Mm -hmm. No. So maybe he has, you know, a Drew Brees career, which wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. And to be fair, I have the top three quarterbacks very, very close. I wouldn't fault anybody from going with any of the other guys here. This is just my safe pick. If I wanted more upside, but this is not my pick. All right, cool. Well, so we've got Bryce Young at the 102 and moving on to Mr. Nick James and his first pick off the board. He went with CJ Stroud and the crowd boos because it wasn't Anthony Richardson, who probably is the most consistent 1.02 and taken over these other quarterbacks in several of the drafts that have already started for me. Anthony Richardson, he just had like this wide range of outcomes that just totally depended on how the NFL draft went. And it went as well as it possibly could for Anthony Richardson. Yeah. He lands on a team where he's linked up with coaching staff that was with Hurts that could potentially maximize a less than elite passer with awesome athletic traits. So the odds that he could be good are probably being maximized with how it went with the draft capital and landing spot. I just... He also got the... He has the best supporting cast of all of these quarterbacks. And it's not even that great. No. I mean, but I mean, is it that bad? I mean, you get Pittman. I like Pierce. They have early draft capital mm-hmm. to another wide receiver mm-hmm. that we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm forgetting somebody. Maybe one of the best running backs in the game. Jonathan Taylor. I might have heard of him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. He's no Bijan, but... No, yeah. no Bijan. <laughs> <laughs> this is something where we record now, kind of like last year, and then... He here in a few weeks and they end up changing my mind. But as it sits right now, I like CJ Stroud as the prospect better. And let's say I'm drafting here and I need someone who I can start this year. I'm probably more confident starting CJ Stroud this year. But even then, it's like, what are your expectations? Do you think this is going to be a QB1 this season? Man, he would have to be so good with such a subpar cast to be a QB1. I don't know. You're probably waiting at least a year for any of these guys to be good. So if you're taking upside, you're taking Anthony Richardson. If you're taking safety, I think you're taking C.J. Stroud. If you're taking draft capital, you're taking Bryce Young because I guess he was picked first. But honestly, whatever order you prefer these three QBs, it's it's nothing to be ashamed of or wrong. I don't think there's a wrong answer with whatever order you want to put these guys in. So whenever that's the answer, I would rather be picking four or five than be picking two and three because I'd rather get whatever everyone else doesn't want because there's not so much that separates them for me. Yeah. Yeah. If I could trade back from having to select the first quarterback taken and the last quarter and the uh, third quarterback taken, Mm -hmm. I I would do it every single time. Richardson, like I know everyone's, oh, he's raw. uh, He's going to need work. It's really tough for me to imagine a world where Indianapolis says, you know what? We got to wait on Richardson. Let's get our guy Gardner Minshew 
shoe in there this year to get things going for us because he's really experienced and he's so good. Can kind of lead the team. So good. <laughs> if you try to step back from rookie fever and you look at these three quarterbacks, and I asked the chat this: Would you prefer any one of these three quarterbacks or Tua? Twelve-team Superflex. I was really surprised when, when when we were going with Tua. You think so? And I think it's partially because I'm a little higher on Tua. Yeah. They just picked up his fifth-year option. He's going to be paid a little bit more than Love, who also signed a little tiny extension for next year. Or a little bit less. Depending. Well, he's going to be more than Love regardless, even if Love hits all of his incentives because it's like 23 mil. Oh, yeah, that's true. For Tua. I am choosing to just not weight the risk of concussion very heavily, and that is 100% what drives people down with Tua. Which is weird. If you knew that there was never going to be another concussion in the NFL, I think you should have Tua above these guys. I would go with Tua. I mean, he's proven. Yeah. Is he? And that's part of where I'm at with these quarterbacks. Rookie Fever is at its hype right now. Like, yeah. you want these guys because they're new and it's fresh and it's, Ugh, I don't want to miss out. They could be good. You know, that fear of missing out. It's just making people want quarterbacks better. But I think, like, when the dust settles, I think you're going to want Tua and his weapons. Well, I, I was just going to say, I mean, we just talked about weapons. Would you rather have the Q, QB with Tyreek and Waddle or the QB with Chark and Thielen or the QB with Nico Collins and Robert Woods? I mean, <laughs> when we're talking about Nico Collins and Robert Woods, you uh, it's kind of a tough yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I'm going Tyreek Hill and Waddle. <laughs> but he only has Tyreek Hill through 2025, so we, we only have three years here to worry about. Mm-hmm. And we only have two or three next year so far, so. Yeah, you, don't, you never know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that's interesting to think about because it always seems like people have two in such a different tier. Tua wasn't like a quarterback. I mean, when he was first drafted, obviously, he was rated highly. But then after that, like, he wasn't in a conversation being worth such an early first, especially in this, you know, generational 2023 draft class, which is supposed to be the deepest class of all time for the last two years. That is probably going to end up being one of the most overhyped draft classes and doesn't compare to 2020 for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it's just interesting seeing him, like, being worth such an early first at this point when it's there's such a variation in how people value Tua. It's like either people are out on him or they're really this high on him. And I thought I was high on him, but I'm not quite sure. I, it is tough. So to get through this fourth pick, Stephen Murphy picked Anthony Richardson, which many people would have probably picked a two or three, but this, this is your locked-in top four as far as I'm concerned, though there's certain scenarios where I might prefer Gibbs to even Anthony Richardson. But maybe that's just me overvaluing the how much time Anthony Richardson would sit. There's like little rumors that Anthony Richardson could start way early in the season, which, you know, they said about Malik Willis last year too. But Gibbs is interesting because I, I've been seeing him go at two a lot and three. Yep. So on to the next pick here. Which is back to me, who happens to be Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. This is the easy one. Mm-hmm. Easy button. We just mentioned him. Yeah. I do want to make the point that I found this rookie draft a more exciting draft than last year. Like you were waiting for those quarterbacks and you were waiting for those quarterbacks and it never happened. Um, And this one, it was just like exciting. It was just an exciting draft. I, I really enjoyed this draft compared to like last year's draft. There were a lot more fantasy players taken in day one and day two than normal. Correct. 
There were. Yeah, like when you start getting like offensive and defensive players, I'm like, oh my God, lame. Keep going. And obviously teams need that, but those are like not really fantasy relevant unless you're playing with defensive players. But Mm -hmm. these were like guys you're going to pick in this rookie draft. Those are the guys' names I want to hear. So it was exciting. So Gibbs is one of those. This was a really exciting draft. It was. You know what my favorite part about this? You know what my favorite moment of this draft was? It lasted about 10 minutes. What? When the Steel, when the Steelers jumped the Jets, uh, trading with the Pats, sniped the Jets, and the Jets almost ran their entire clock out trying to figure out what to do and then blundered a pick, in my opinion. They're like, hmm. panic and run, panic and run. Wh- which pick is that? Uh, it was like w- when the uh, Steelers took the, t- uh, the last tackle that would mm. that would have uh, should have gone in the first round right over the Jets because the Patriots traded back the couple spots and added the fourth round pick, and then the Jets just kind of, I guess they were trying to trade back or something, and they kind of just forced picked an edge rusher. Mm. Linebacker. Awesome. You just liked it because the Jets got jacked. Oh, it was just it was, it was just clear they were put on tilt, and you yeah. know, we're used to being on tilt because we're doing these stri- Like, ooh, the pressure! <laughs> yeah, when you see the professionals, like, literally just do it. Panicking! Panic! Panic! On national TV. It's great. Yeah. Alright, so back to Jameer Gibbs. This was my pick. Jameer Gibbs goes to Detroit and joins the back field with David Montgomery and Craig Reynolds, whoever that is, and never heard of him. <laughs> Who is it? Was this just like a name from the back office that we threw in there to make it look like we had two running backs? Mm-hmm. Is there a Craig Reynolds? This is like your third favorite Craig. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, another Craig. This is amazing. Why don't I have this guy on my roster? I'm, you now know three Craigs. I'm collecting Craigs. If you're a Craig and you're listening, I'm actually physically collecting Craigs. So, yeah. Uh, collecting Craigs. Craig, collecting Craigs. Yes, I have like best friend Craig. I have husband Craig. And now I have running back Craig. Um, do you guys even know who this Craig Reynolds guy is? Where did he come from? He's not very relevant, but he is a backup running back on the Lions. And he's only listed on a depth chart on Sleeper because Swift was traded. Right. So big blockbuster that has happened since. It doesn't mean that he's there. Okay. Okay. That's just, the, like I said, they pulled a name from the back office. It happened to be Craig Reynolds. Yeah. He's just kind of there. He's just there. Kind of like Jeremy McNipples. Um, <laughs> Nichols. <laughs> Nichols, sorry. Nichols. Nichols. I meant Nichols. Okay, so DeAndre Swift gets, of course, they they draft Jameer Gibbs, and everybody who has DeAndre Swift is like, WTF is going on here. And then what? What a roller coaster. The next day, I think, is the DeAndre Swift trade, the next day or the day after yep. that or something. Yep. So, where did DeAndre Swift end up? On the Eagles. Philadelphia. The Eagles. It didn't feel Philadelphia actually draft the entire Georgia Bulldog like yeah. team. Yeah, okay. they did. They did, and then they traded for another one. Okay. I did figure that Swift would end up on the Eagles just because it's clear that this regime wasn't really big into Swift. They really had a bunch of problems with him, the injury concerns, probably how he fit on the team, but he was drafted when Patricia was the head coach, and he is on in the coaching staff of the Eagles, so it did really make sense for the fit. That's good for DeAndre Swift. Yes. Yeah, the guy who... The guy who drafted him probably advocated for him and facilitated a trade to get him on the team. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This is good. If you have DeAndre Swift and you're a little worried about him, like fantastic, your cup runneth over now with DeAndre Swift moving to the Eagles. Maybe we're going to have the power of positive thinking here, Mike. (laughs) 
Okay. So to add on to your Gibbs pick here, this was the 12th pick. So this guy's picked over like Najee and ETN higher. Wow. In the NFL draft. Like he was supposed to be a day two pick and probably the first RB off the board in day two. And he went number 12 to the Lions. That was just like the biggest middle finger that they could give Swift possibly. Which I don't understand. Was to overdraft the RB2 into the first round early in the first round. When you're the Lions team that needs all kinds of things, you're like, we have Swift. We just paid Montgomery. Let's spend our 12th overall pick on Jameer Gibbs. So like, is Swift a dick? Like, why did they do that to him? I feel like he was a good player for them. Mm. He's not really like a three down back type of player. He's a really like a, a like a elusive electric player when he can get his hands on the ball mm-hmm. when he's not hurt. He's not somebody that can you know you're running the ball on first and second down every every single series. He's not that type of player. Well, and then Gibbs, you can make the same argument for Gibbs. So it's just like they got yeah. they got a super swift instead. Super swift. It was such a roller coaster as someone who rosters a mess ton of Swift and someone who's been advocating for Swift all off season where it's like the death nail into Swift. So it was like probably 20 hours of feeling really bad about having Swift on any team. Like, I guess I'm not selling Swift ever. And what am I going to do? And then he gets moved, which like was speculated immediately. And then a bunch of teams called about it and then it happened. And it was the Eagles who were just killing it all draft. And man, it must be awesome to be an Eagles fan. Yeah. Fly (laughs) Eagles fly. Swift there kind of hurts Gainwell because they're both pass catching savants you know so I don't know I don't know. I don't know if this is any good for Penny I think people are some people are taking it as that so maybe sell Penny right now but super stoked for Swift people are still buying Penny for less than a penny if you look at like the 24 hour chart for Swift value it just looks like a heartbeat like but with this being said Gibbs at first looked like okay now he's on a team with Swift that's not super sexy and now Swift isn't on the team. So that's part of the reason why he's right there with Richardson. Whether I want to wait on the upside of a QB for potentially a year or whether I want one of the best RBs. Because when I look at it, if you need QB and you draft Gibbs, who are you going to trade him for? Probably someone close to Anthony Richardson or one of these rookie QBs. So I can see the argument with him mixed in with these top three QBs. I do bet nine times out of ten you could get Tua for Gibbs. Might have to consider it. If we have Tua above all of these other quarterbacks and Gibbs over here at five. I'm seeing a lot of Gibbs going like two or three. A lot of people are very high on that first round running back, especially if you have a team where like they're either like lower on Tua or maybe he's their second or third quarterback. I think you could legitimately get Tua for him. Something to consider. Hmm. All right. So moving on from Gibbs, we are moving into who was the first wide receiver off the rookie board in the draft. Who was he? He was. Who was he, Mike? You picked him and they picked him. Jackson Smith and Jigbo. I think he's the clear wide receiver one of the class. I, I don't think there's really like a question of like moving him with anyone else. It being like, oh, you should take this guy or this guy. I just think he's the, the clear one. And he got a fantastic landing spot in Seattle behind Lockett and Metcalf, which seems a little rough, but Lockett is getting older. So I think he could really go fit into like that number two role down the road, but fill in like the slot where he really excelled. 
right away. Yeah, I think he'll be swapping in and out a little bit with Lockett there initially, but like you said, Lockett, one of the older wide receivers that still have value. And this was heralded as the clear-cut wide receiver one, and he went as the first wide receiver off the board. Though, he probably fell like 10 slots later, at least. Some people even thought he'd go like top 10 pick, fell. But he started a run of four wide receivers selected in the NFL draft in a row. And I think these are the next four wide receivers, players for that matter, off the board in rookie drafts. Yeah, if you were to ask me like uh, now if uh, Jackson Smith or Bijan went eighth overall in the NFL draft, like pre-draft, if like who do I think would go eighth overall? Yeah. It wouldn't have been Bijan. Yep, yep. I would have figured he would have gone top 10, top 15. This is a guy who has teammates in the NFL who are absolute studs who say that he's better than them. I mean, obviously you're going to talk up your guys and everything, but... Like, you can rewind our podcast to last year. We were talking about how, like, think about how much you love Olave and Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigbo yeah. was the best wide receiver on the team. Yep. The other ones had more touchdowns, but Jackson Smith and Jigba had a lot more yards. And this is really, if you like Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's the combine or what he did two years ago because he barely played last year. As a matter of fact, one of the last games he played was versus Iowa. And right at the beginning, I was thinking, oh man, oh, Iowa might be able to pull off the upset. And JSN like must have reacted very aggravated his hamstring or something along those lines. And then you barely saw JSN basically for the rest of the year. And then Iowa proceeded to just get absolutely smashed. But that one-handed pick or whatever by Jack Campbell is probably what got him drafted in the first round, picking off CJ Stroud in that game. So it was just like, it, it was an epic moment. Uh, but that was like your last little glimpse of JSN this year. So if you like JSN, it's because of what he did prior to last year. But apparently the NFL liked him enough to take him wide receiver one off the board. So that's our first wide receiver and maybe our second wide receiver, Mr. Iowa. <laughs> In the NFL? So early in the offseason, Quentin Johnson was often the wide receiver too. Way early in the offseason, I drafted one with player profile and we were drafting players that were still ended up going back to college. I got Quentin Johnson at like 1.11 in that draft. Here, Quentin Johnson not invited to the first round. It's probably going to be Addison and Flowers over him. Nope. Wide receiver two off the board by the NFL. That was confirmation in my mind that I liked Quentin Johnston as wide receiver two and so did the NFL, but these are all separated by one pick each. It was back-to-back-to-back-to-back wide receiver picks in the first round. And Quentin Johnson went second. He's linked up with the best quarterback, at least best passing would be inarguable for Quentin Johnston going to a team with 28 and 30-year-old wide receivers. So, I don't know. He could be Herbert's best buddy for quite a while here as soon as Herbert gets paid. Could be. But, yeah. Quentin Johnston here as my wide receiver too. As far as when you're drafting rookie drafts right now each one of these players is a step down in a tier like i'm taking it in this order each time jsn quentin addison and flowers the order they went in the nfl draft was jsn quentin zay flowers and then addison but here quentin johnson second off the board pick seven in our rookie mock and we have to take into consideration like these teams could be stuck with these guys for a few years there has to be a fit so when we're talking about wide receivers or even quarterbacks for that matter when we're arguing like oh you could take any of these three I mean yeah you can look at their athleticism and maybe they're all about even and then the pick order could come down to how does this person's personality fit in with our team how does this person fit in with our scheme and the way that we play so some of this just has to be opinion 
base picking. It's it's really could be any of these four, or let's say three, because JSN is probably the standout number one of these guys. But then when it comes to Johnston, Addison, and Flowers, maybe it's just the way that they fit on a team. Is that fair? That's fair. And I'll go with stating that for me, it's the JSN tier, Quinton Johnston tier, Addison tier, Flowers tier. But that's not how everyone's going with it. Those three are going in different orders. Pretty much Flowers last of those every time. But I've seen Addison picked over Quentin Johnston several occasions. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> but I'm also taking Johnston to the next pick. I got two in a row I got to do. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to say about Johnston in particular, Mike? I love the landing spot. He is tied to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's going to get paid. After Justin Herbert's going to get paid, it's not like they're going to have a ton of money to throw around to fill in the rest of the spots on the offense. So he'll probably be a focal point of that offense going forward, especially with Keenan Allen already starting with the hamstring injury after hamstring injury and missing games. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get better. He's not going to just suddenly just start, you know, like, okay, Keenan Allen's back to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is not the Keenan Allen of the past anymore. Mm -hmm. So we could even see him kind of pushing forward throughout the season and kind of taking reps there already. So he's definitely my wide receiver too as well. I I could see going Addison over him. Not what I would do, but they're close enough for me with the landing spots and Mm. the situations that they're in. Mm. What if you have the next pick? If I have the next pick, then I got to throw off sleepers ADP, even though it's outsourced. Right. That's like when I had the first 10 picks of the draft and I picked Pitts last of those picks just to make sure I corrected sleepers ADP. Yeah. Like I was, I had a one quarterback draft that started the other day and I had the first two picks. So I went with obviously Bijan went second and Gibbs went first. Oh, just first time ever. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Who's the guy that takes Gibbs first? I don't know. Well, <laughs> to move her along here, Stephen Murphy selected Jordan Addison. I totally concur with that pick, and it kind of sounds like Mike would as well. Absolutely. In the in the format that we have, definitely. Noble, you're the next pick. Would you have picked Addison if he, he was there? Um, I think so. So I pick Flowers in my next pick. Baltimore is a weird team for me for wide receivers. So I think I would have picked Addison based on his landing spot in Minnesota, if that makes any sense. I just, I don't know. I have weirdness with Baltimore wide receivers. I mean, Rashad Bateman, like Mike said, does he play football? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's understandable. <laughs> it's, it's just a weird, like for me, Baltimore, and, and I pick Flowers here. I think I would have gone Addison in that position. Yeah, there, there's a new staff in Baltimore that is much more pass-heavy compared to run-heavy regimes of the past. Yeah, well, I need to see that, I think. So I think there's an, a chance for Flowers <laughs> to be more than just the best wide receiver on the team. Even if it wasn't even a new coaching staff, Flowers could still be the best wide receiver on the team. OBJ hasn't played football in a year. So wait, are you saying there's a chance for my Bateman shares? So you're saying there's a chance. I'm not sure how I even indicated that, to be honest, but... Well, you just said that they're going to pass the ball more. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they're going to put more wide receivers on the field. You guys seen the movie and that meme where the guy points up and he said, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's bait. Yeah. yeah. When he identifies bait, that's, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's Rashad bait, man. Man, yeah. Well, I took the bait. I did take the bait on a few occasions, and I hate myself for it. Stephen Murphy picks Addison. Addison. And in essence, he gave you flowers of the Zay variety. At least you got it. See, that's sweet. What is the what is the song lyrics like? I'm 
gonna bring you flowers. <laughs> what is that song? I feel like that needs to. Wow. Those are the lyrics, probably. Is it? I think. Yep. I can't remember if that's the. It's the mm-hmm. uh, song you're looking yeah. for, not the mm-hmm. lyrics. The lyrics. The lyrics to that song. I feel like that's gonna be. He's my gonna be my new ring. Ring mm-hmm. my bell. And if it's a bad pick, we're sending flowers to your funeral. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so yeah, I picked flowers in my pick. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's just kind of like a meh pick for me. It's the consolation prize for picking ninth. Yeah. I mean, I can get it. It's just really not exciting to go ahead and take another wide receiver from Baltimore, getting thrown to by Lamar, and his name's not Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Mark Andrews is going to take all the targets there. And then you got Odell Beckham, which I, I don't even know yeah. what to think about. Just recently, before he was traded to, to uh, Arizona, Hollywood Brown put up a big year there. Bateman's been struggling with injuries, but he's shown some promise there. Lamar can pass the ball. People forget his MVP season. If he can stay on the field, especially with a new offense, if they maybe move the ball more, mm-hmm. keep him away from running the ball, especially since they have so much money invested in him, maybe spread the ball around more. It could be fine. He led the league in passing touchdowns when they passed less than a lot of, a lot of teams. So it's not like Lamar can't do it. That's the Lamar is a running back mm-hmm. thing that's kind of like drilled into people's heads. I think Zay Flowers could be fine. I think a sneaky loser here might be Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews was a stud when your best wide receiver was Nelson Aguilar and uh, true, yeah, Des Bryant. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know what I mean with Andrews. I think I mean like they added a lot. Bateman, if he's finally healthy, Zay Flowers, OBJ, they still have Duvernay. It could not be quite the Andrews show of the past. Prochet. Prochet. Shantae. Didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so that's Zay Flowers. Yeah, everybody should be super excited about that. Yay! <laughs> Forward. I think we should uh, start to move on a little bit of a fast forward mode through the rest of this. Mm-hmm. So, Papa, moving on. Who's your next pick? My next pick is really frustrating. We are now going on to pick 12, 10. I'm bad at looking at colors and numbers, I guess. Math is hard. I went with Zach Charbonnet. He was my RB3 going into the draft. He's still my RB3, but I'm really not happy about it because it really sucks that he went to Seattle. Aww. He got the draft capital. He's got the talent and he's got Kenneth Walker ahead of him. I was a little confused by the pick but gonna stick to my guns with the talent here and maybe they kind of move the ball a lot and find roles for both of them. Why do you think that they chose him? I mean do you think that they are not trusting Kenneth Walker as much as we'd like to think they are? I mean why would you waste a pick if you have no use for this player? They just like running backs. Maybe they won't really want to establish the run and have a solid two-headed rushing attack kind of like a Chubb and Hunt type of thing, but maybe more rushing. That could be something for Carroll. They have a loaded offense at this point. Maybe they're just kind of building something off of that. Unfortunately, I just think it just caps the ceiling of both him and Walker, so it's a little frustrating, but Mm -hmm. I don't like any of the other situations tremendously more of the other running backs, and I definitely don't like their skill set more. So you're you're picking talent in this position? Like, you think he's the most talented of the other options? Of the other options right now, although his situation just, I don't think, is as good as some 
some of the other guys who I still have right after here. Okay. Nick, what's your thoughts on Charbonnet? Is that how you say it? Charbonnet? I think it's Charbonnet. Charbonnet. Tarjay. But I don't don't actually know. So we're going to call him Charb. Charb. Charbs. Charbs. Cool. Charbs. Charbmander. <laughs> Charbonator. Can we do the Charbonator? He's part of a four running back tier that I'm still trying to decide whether I want more than Will Levis or not. I think he headlines it. He was obviously the highest picked of it. RB3 in the NFL draft. He was the only one that was picked in the second round. He was mocked before the NFL draft when all you had to go on was college production and combine as the third RB, and he was taken as the third RB. So are you drafting him as the third RB in rookie drafts? Mm, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> It's just landing with Walker. Like, uh, that was the worst for Walker. I would have much rather them be like sign like Elliot and Latavius Murray off free agency or something and just This would have been clear if he was drafted by New England. Yeah. Oh god. Clear as mud. Yeah, that would have been gross. Yeah, it's just gross. Okay, so we I so Walker, so speaking of Walker before you move on, not to interrupt you, but it does this hurt Walker? Obviously. Yeah. Like so you're worried for Walker and you're worried for Char, char, the Charbawaki. Not so much worried for them. I just think it's capping their ceilings. None, none of them are getting all the carries. At least one of them isn't going to get enough carries to kind of be an RB1, really, unless they're scoring touchdowns. So there's going to be inconsistency somewhere, and we don't know where it is yet. Kenneth Walker has noted... Now I hate myself for picking him. ...has noted problems in the receiving game, and that's one of Charbonnet's fortes. So Ooh. there's a possibility that he could be the Thunder that catches to Kenneth Walker's thunder. It's just like double thunders. <laughs> double thunders. It could be a Chubb and Hunt where they're both, mm-hmm. for that period of time, where they're both like RB1s mm-hmm. and they're both startable and you could have them both at the same time and still start both of them. Exactly. Best case scenario. Yeah. Chris Carson and Rashad Penny of old. Except for, you know, better. You know, not being fragile and stuff. Alright, so Ch- Charbawaki off the board. <laughs> I like that one. Charbawaki. We're going with that. We're going to go with that. And you mentioned the next pick, Iowa, a few seconds ago. Go ahead and tell them. Because you you said this is your... I'm not sure if I want to choose this one over this one. So, mm-hmm. Well, Levi's jeans has probably never been more mentioned than before <laughs> Will Levis entered the league. Because that's what autocorrect wants to change Levis to every time you type it. Yes, always. I'm like, this is really <laughs> annoying. I, With the apostrophe. I don't want an apostrophe. Thank you. Yeah. Did I type anything close to an apostrophe? No. When has Levi's been like a commonplace that we're like iPhone has to autocorrect to it. I've never sent Levi's in a text message never. ever. Why are we doing I don't, this? I don't know. I'm very confused and I would like Apple to update that. I'm not super comfortable taking Will Levi's. I'm more comfortable <laughs> in my Wranglers. <laughs> Charbawaki. But, all right, so Will Levis just barely falls out of the first round. It was sad watching him not get picked the whole draft. Oh, but my God, it was so sad. I wanted to cry for him. We talked about it. It, did, it was like one of these quarterbacks is going to fall. It was like Malik Willis last year. <laughs> I was so sad. And it ended up being Will Levis. It was really sad. His face was very sad and tragic. It is what it is. Was Malik invited last year? Quentin Johnson should have got Will Levis's invite to the first round, apparently. 
Hmm. So Will Levis just barely fell out of the first round, and this is a first round where it had a forfeited first round pick, so it was only 31 picks instead of 32, and he just barely fell out of it. And I was totally ready if Will Levis fell to like late day two, day three, whatever. Then I was like, okay, I'm just going to fade the heck out of Will Levis for this season, if that's what happens. If he goes in the top, then he's most likely to be this year's Zach Wilson. If he falls late, then I can just fade him. Instead, he falls right after the first round. Like, go ahead and try to calculate that. It's like... (laughs) They just wanted to make things interesting. He was drafted higher than Jalen Hurts, the most paid player in NFL history. Wow. Okay. So, Mm. he goes to Tennessee, which they don't have a lot of great receiving weapons. It's more like a run-built team. And then he's behind Tannehill, who's on the last year of his contract. And that is one of the biggest points with Will Levis for me, is that Tannehill's probably a free agent next year. This could be like Ritter with better draft capital, where you go into next year, do you want to spend up on a QB or do you want to roll with Will Levis and stack around him with Tannehill leaving in free agency? It could happen. This could be like Mac Jones. This is one where it's like... Without the capital. If Tennessee sucks, then Will Levis could get some starts by the end of the season. I mean, we were saying the same thing about Malik Willis, who also didn't have first-round draft capital. Granted, his was later. It wasn't like the Will Levis tier, but man, I'm torn on where I really want to take Will Levis. And really, it's not that I want Will Levis any less than any of the wide receivers after this point. It's just whether I want this group of four running backs that I started to talk about more than Will Levis. I like where you have Levis right here. I think right in the late first in a 12-team Superflex non-tight end premium league, this is right where he should be going. And this is where I've been seeing him go. This is where I'm comfortable taking him. As early as before Johnson in a 14 or a 16-team league if I'm quarterback needy. I understand it's probably a bit of a reach. I'm not really happy about it. I'd prefer to take him just before Flowers, but that's where I'm at with him. He just fell just out of the first round. He's got that great situation there in Tennessee where Tannehill's probably on his way out. He already had some injuries last year. Maybe that kind of picks up, and he's just Tannehill is just not the kind of guy that's going to be able to carry that team with just Burks and the last bit that Henry has. But we also could see a situation like in New England where Mac Jones was drafted, expected to sit a full year behind Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. That didn't last very long. No. All right. So we're not going with Wranglers. We're going with Levi's in this pick. You guys good with Levis? Yep. So I take Will Levis at what is the equivalent of the 1.11 and for the 112, Stephen Murphy picks Devon a chain. Who is going to be off the chain. Yep. Off the chain and off to Miami. He gets to compete with the likes of Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And Miles Gaskin. And Salvin Ahmed and then someone else who isn't very good. Miles? Gaskin. Yeah, that's it. That's the other one. Excuse me. Miles Gaskin was a league winner a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have you know, just for the record. I, I don't know. I figured we, we should probably mention him because we don't mention him very often. And we never mention him, and so it's very important for me to mention him. <laughs> a chain is a big play waiting to happen, but he's small. Oh, well. But if, if you like Raheem Mostert, you have to love a chain. <laughs> As long as Dalvin Cook doesn't go to Miami, this is actually who I would prefer as my RB3. But there is Dalvin Cook rumors wanting to go to Miami if he does get traded. So it's just that looming risk because if Dalvin Cook's there, all of a sudden I like him as no better than the fourth RB in the four RB tier after Gibbs. Okay. The speed on Miami is just absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. And that offense is going to be... Off the chain. Yeah, off a chain even. Compared 
comparable to Seattle, and he's not going to be splitting as much work as Kenneth Walker is going to take from Charbonnet. And then the other two running backs here each have their own little issues. But for me, I love the Achain pick by Stephen Murphy here. It's who I would take as the first RB in this four pod of running backs. All right. Mike, anything you want to add about off the chain? <laughs> Nick, pretty, Nick Nick said everything that, the, that I would really have to say about him. I don't necessarily think I would have him as the first running back of the set of four, but they're close enough where it's, you know, it, it's not crazy to me. I, th- I think that's a completely valid statement there. He is really undersized, but that entire team is built about speed. Like, if you can't keep up with Hill, and then you have to deal with the chain, and then Waddle, like, that's really rough. There's only so many fast guys on a defense that can keep up with these guys. Yeah, fast is good. All right, well, let's move back to my pick. Uh, so let's head to the Big Easy for my next pick. What? New Orleans. Fantastic pick, by the way. Fantastic pick. You like him? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a little... I feel like I should have picked anyone but Charbawaki in my pick, and I ended up with Charbawaki. Mm-hmm. You got to take... As much as we'd like to get hooked on situation, you, you, get, you have to go with the talent and the capital. That's a huge portion of what you need to look at with rookies. Yeah. Yes, obviously, you can get, like, the fourth-round guys and get the steals, like the Camaras and everything, but you, yes, it sucks that he's there with Walker, but we don't know what kind of offense they're planning. Yes, they have three solid wide receivers, but if they open up, like, a third down passing game and you end up with like a hunt there and you have like a solid first and second round guy like Walker there on the team as well that could be an insane rushing attack that really opens up the passing game as well that could be a really high powered offense that you want as many pieces of as you can okay like these other guys have like better situations but I don't think they're as talented yes a a chain is fast as hell that's fantastic he's going to Miami the competition's a little weak Jeff Wilson is just kind of like a San Francisco favorite held over from that coach staff. You have Mostert over there again from San Francisco, another fast guy that's hurt every game or every couple of games, except for maybe last year. So right now, like these picks here, especially in like the second round of the ones that I, the situation's kind of I'm targeting a little bit more. But when you have early second round capital for a running back and a talent there, you really kind of have to go with it. Okay. Alright. Well, thank you for that explanation. It makes me feel a little better. I get very anxious with this stuff and especially when you're not as familiar with the play and you can get hung up in things like, mm-hmm. well, the competition side of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so listening to the reasoning behind that is very helpful for well, people like me. That approach would have landed you Rashad White and Damian Pierce last year. Yeah. That what? What'd you say? That approach yeah. of targeting these running backs, even the if the situation spot, isn't perfectly uh, aligned for productivity, would have still landed you like Rashad White last year, who was playing behind Fournette. Okay, right. And now he's super valuable right now. Right, totally. Running backs fall off fast. Right, right. Yeah, when it happens, it happens. Right. Miami, most certain Wilson isn't great competition. I, that that's something they could easily be. That a Kane is the RB one, and Miles Gaskin is the RB two because the other guys just aren't. Miles able to get on the field for the game. Don't tease her. I mean, I would love that. <laughs> All of a sudden, you have a top running back. Speaking my language, Micah. Speaking my language. 
That's why Miles Gaskin is the thing. That's why in this second round, I mean, yes, I know it, we'll get through this draft. You can see I took two wide receivers, but generally in the second round of my rookie drafts, I have several going on. I think I have like eight or nine going on right now. Right now, I have at least one done, and I probably have like another six starting right now, and then another 130 to go. The second round, I'm really targeting the running backs. The wide receivers are a little a little tough here. The second round wide receivers, there are a lot of second round wide receiver busts, third round wide receiver busts, even if they have the situations you can't just take a wide receiver and throw him into a role you know you can't have like Tyree Kill go down it's like oh let's Braxton Berrios now like he's just gonna be putting that up but you can have that with the running back because a lot of that has to do with the offensive line the scheme the coaching and the play calling you really can't go ahead and scheme a wide receiver in if they don't have the skill set but a running back can do that now the running backs in the second round that are going this year I think are very talented I don't think they're as talented as the top three but if you put them to a situation where they're able to get the tar- carries the touches and and the play time that they can put up the points and put up big numbers for you. Okay. That's why in the second round, I'm not throwing darts at wide receivers. I'm not throwing darts at tight ends. I'm throwing darts at running backs because all it takes is one hit. Yeah. One hit from a linebacker, one cut, and they're relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A wide receiver isn't necessarily going to do that. Okay. And Noble, you asked before the NFL draft, where is like the line you're drawing in the first round where it's like the guys that I really want and then a drop off and the guys that I don't want it came out almost how we had it here like the only thing that was added to that line was like zay flowers when he got locked in for first round draft capital after that then it's like zach charbonnet and devonic chain these are guys that would like would be like second early second round picks in last year's draft class and they're going to be like the last two picks in the first round this year Mm -hmm. so like i think there's a major line right there after flowers where any of these four rb you can make an argument for. Okay. And Mike touched on it there where like Charbonnet has the best draft capital, best talent, probably worst landing spot mm-hmm. of these four. Mm-hmm. A chain has the best landing spot and equivalent talent to the other couple guys that go right after him, but his best landing spot and then similar DC is putting him right there. And then someone else who has similar DC draft capital mm-hmm. and a landing spot where you can paint a narrative where they have a lot of value is Noble's next pick. Yes, and that would be Kendra Miller. Mm-hmm. So Kendra Miller heads to the Saints. Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara. So he may or may not be there. The whole season. Suspended. They haven't done anything yet though, right? But there's a chance, good chance he could be. There's a looming suspension that seems to be likely. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jamal Williams. So where does Miller fit into this? Miller is more talented. So would he fit in under Kamara? You like his landing spot. We like his landing spot because Kamara is likely to be suspended and he can carve himself out a role in that offense and showcase his skill set. And Kamara's 27 years old. He is. Mm-hmm. He's getting older. Yeah. So there's some future there too. So like he could be a guy that takes off early in the season because he has the opportunity because somebody is not on the field and that it's kind of tough to kind of take those touches away from them. So if he early in the season is able to go ahead and get on the field and puts up the numbers, puts up the playtime, then maybe even if Kamara comes back, maybe he's taking the touches away from Jamal Williams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who Jamal Williams is even older than Kamara. Yeah. Though they did just go out of their way to pay him in free agency. Yeah, but I do also like Jamal Williams a lot as far as like a second running back, backup running back, cuff running back. He's like one of the cheapest like cuff running backs you were able to get over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Between the Lions and the Packers, he was able to put up numbers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Latavius Murray was making lineups last year. Yeah. Just taking 
rushing touchdowns for the Saints. Jamal Williams is that plus plus. Yeah. All right. So Kendra Miller off the board on Noble's team there. And moving into another wide receiver. Maybe this will be the future wide receiver, the next DJ Moore in Carolina. <laughs> I don't think he is as talented as DJ Moore. I don't think that's going to happen. I love DJ Moore. Wish he had a better passing quarterback this year. But I think I may have taken the wide receiver one of the team tied to the rookie quarterback one of the team going into this year. I went with Jonathan Mingo. He got the draft capital. I wasn't the highest on the, on the wide receiver, but he did get the capital. He does have the skill sets of be a wide receiver one on that team and could easily be the wide receiver one on the Carolina Panthers for Bryce Young. So they did get him a wide receiver to kind of build on besides Thielen and Shark. I think this is the player that moved up the highest from being just the highest period pre-draft to post-draft. Mingo was like a fifth round pick and then there was a little bit of hype about him getting better draft capital and like PFF ADP mocks had Mingo as like a early day three pick, late day two pick. He goes at the top of the second round to Carolina. That was drafted a lot higher than I expected Jonathan Mingo to get. So for me, Mingo is kind of like hitting bingo (laughs) where like when you hit bingo, you win, but it's just almost that. It's not quite. And when you don't quite get a bingo, it's not a bingo at all. And I think that's a risk with Jonathan Mingo. It's like you forgot to actually fill in your free space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you didn't actually get bingo. You remember drafting Terrace Marshall in rookie drafts? Mm. Oh, don't remind me. Mike remembers. Please don't remind me. <laughs> right about the same time, after getting second round draft capital to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> no, Terrace Marshall was like more for me because I was drafting him in the late first. I Ugh. really thought he was just going to be the absolute alpha and I struck out. And I'll take the hit on that. But I'm still not out. Yeah, understandable. They, if you look around, it's like, I mean, like it's just Will Smith and an empty room with Jonathan Mingo unless yeah. you really still like Terrace Marshall so it's like the opportunity is most certainly going to be there and if you like Bryce Young then you pretty much are going to have to like Jonathan Mingo because if Bryce Young is going to do anything he's got to throw to somebody and who's it going to be it's got to be at least some Mingo there so and Mingo was his name oh <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like they have McCaffrey anymore where they have this solid rushing attack that they can go ahead and build off of to kind of just elevate the passing game they're not going to get a lot of rushing guards first and second down so they're going to be passing a lot the opportunity is there so mingo for me mingles in a little bit lower i have a a four wide receiver tier that i like more than mingo which is unpopular i should say because mingo is pretty consistently going mid to early second round anyways and i like the four running backs that i talk about there more than any of these wide receivers and definitely more than mingo and that's who i ended up going with here with the next pick is rashawn johnson this was the backup to Bijan when he was in college. Interesting fun fact. If fun fact. He was also drafted later than any running back we've selected so far, but he was drafted by the Bears. Duh, Bears. Mm-hmm. Who have Khalil Herbert and Deont Foreman. Yeah, they have a stellar backfield right now. Neither one are like screaming at you as they're going to be the new RB1s. <laughs> so this is where landing spot matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is the running back in this draft that has the closest draft capital to like Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. 
And I really think he could be this year's Damian Pierce. The running back where you look up at the end of the year and it's like, oh man, this guy was an RB1 early, RB2 most of the time, at least while he was playing. Okay. Now, obviously, Justin Fields taking touchdowns. There's two other running backs that are noteworthy in that backfield. It may not be a lot of Rashawn Johnson, but I think there's a chance that it could end up being a lot of Rashawn Johnson. Okay. Just with the way it plays out. Uh, he's someone who I like more than the wide receivers. I like in this four tier with Zach Charbonnet, Devon, Achain, and Ken. Andre Miller, and I, I want the fourth one, the least expensive one, which in the draft Noble and I were doing, 15th pick off the board. No, 17th pick off the board. I traded up to get Kendra Miller, who fell that far after Zach Charbonnet, Rashawn Johnson, and Devon Chain, and traded your boy, Patty Fryermuth, to get him and Wandale. He was not my boy. <laughs> and also send a third in 2024. He's my boy. So, so question about athletic talent here, because yeah. you you guys obviously put the Sharbawaki as the most athletically inclined of the four. Rashawn Johnson was, as you mentioned, the backup to Bijan, which is like an awful place to be, right? Like, ugh. Yeah. Athletically, is he super talented? Like, where do you feel he is on, in terms of talent? Like, is his landing position more attractive than his athletic talent in this situation? He is talented. He does have a decent athletic profile. What we did see of him, he did well. And normally it's really a red flag to kind of be buried on a college death chart behind running backs and then come into the NFL draft. But he was buried behind the absolute best prospect you could possibly have from Saquon Barkley. The highest drafted running back in who knows how long. <laughs> yeah. It's the equivalent if the guy behind Lawrence just stayed in Clemson mm-hmm. and only played a couple of like appearances there but also a decently touted prospect. Not like, you know, I'm not talking like a five-star prospect or anything, but mm-hmm. a high-rated player. Mm-hmm. Like Burrow behind Fields. Yeah, like so he's like a big wild card. He's going here, one, because of the landing spot and because of the athletic profile, but there are a lot of question marks there because we're obviously we're not seeing like a heavy workload from him. We're not seeing full season works out of him. So it is a bit of a wild card, but I do like talent and I do like the profile and I love the landing spot to have to just get past Thorman and Khalil Herbert. My question is, why would he not try to find a team that he could be the RB1 in college? Why would you stay behind that? There's more to consider. So like this is the actual college you're attending and the degree you're going for for and the state you're living in while you're doing so. There's more to consider than that. I, it is a valid point with Brian Robinson. Like, why would you stay as RB5 on Alabama for all these years to finally get a chance in your fifth year and then go pro? He still got drafted. Granted, it was the early fourth and a lot of these guys were mid-later thirds. The guys we just picked ahead of him at running back. So maybe had he moved and shown out, could he have gone higher? Maybe, but I mean, it still paid off and he just happened to be behind the overused term of generational talent at running back with Bijan Robinson. Yeah. I should just say, like, elite prospect. <laughs> like, generational, like, once in every 20 years. Like, guys, we've had 11 of those in the last 10. <laughs> I don't know. How often do generations <laughs> change? <laughs> but also, I also think people are just nitpicking. Generational talent just means that a top-rated talent, a Luck, mm-hmm. a Lawrence, a Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. Eli Manning, a Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Saquon. That's what that means. And everyone's like, Oh, you laugh about Saquon Barkley. He was a generational talent. No, no, no. I just love that you mentioned him because he's a fave of yours. Like, no, I like Saquon. I will mention him any chance I can. I love Saquon. I like Saquon. I know. 
that's why I giggled. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wasn't laughing at him because I didn't agree. I just right. laughed because you had to throw him in there. <laughs> well, that's because he is the last running back that was considered that that was as high, highly rated a prospect as Bijan. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the last one. It, you didn't. Najee wasn't like that. Brees Hall wasn't like that. No. These other running backs are not like that. It's the last one that we had was a few years ago, and that was Saquon Barkley. Yep, and CMC. All right, so let's change to a different position that we have not discussed yet. Of course, one of my favorite positions. Um, and no, not long snapper. And no, not kicker. <laughs> close, Mike. Close. <laughs> Kickers are in fact my favorite position. Not necessarily the long snapper. Mm-hmm. Special teams gunner. <laughs> On to left tackles. (laughs) On to, yes, the tight end position. So this is an interesting position because never in the history of my fantasy football career have I seen so many rookie tight ends drafted so early in drafts. So this is a particularly special class of rookie tight ends. So it seems that's what they're saying, that this rookie class does have more talent in the tight ends than we've seen necessarily in past classes. Let's go ahead and just say Stephen Murphy did go ahead and he picked Kincaid who went to Buffalo with his next pick. I know you two are not high on drafting, especially rookie tight ends. Stephen, you're awesome. This is not anything against your pick here, but were you guys like, I wouldn't pick him in that position? Did you agree with the pick here? Like, where did you guys stand on this pick? I'll have Stephen's back here. I love the pick here. I'm much higher on him than I is. I know Iowa isn't as high on Kincaid as I am. He's not as great of a blocker. He's a great pass catching tight end and he could easily start funneling targets on the Buffalo offense. They don't really have a second target behind Diggs. I don't think Gabe Davis is it and obviously Dawson Knox isn't it. So I think he could actually go ahead and perform year one in Buffalo. Okay. So you're almost looking at him as more of a wide receiver. Not, not, not so much a wide receiver. I'm just looking at him as a tight end. I'm not expecting a thousand yard rookie year out of the guy but I would be happy with a couple hundred yards and a few touchdowns and starting to see targets building in to the point where he is, you know, not a complete waste of a pick. He did get first round draft capital Mm -hmm. on one of the highest powered offense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of competition for targets on that team outside of Diggs. It's not like they have a heavy pass catching running back. They don't have a heavy catching wide receiver two or three that is really kind of like taking, you know, pulling targets away. It's not like he's got like Hill Waddle to deal with. He's not buried behind a stud like Kelsey or anything like that. He's on a team where he could perform day one and that's not something that's common with a tight end position usually you're taking the dart throws later on with a second or a third round pick or fourth round draft capital tight end and him being a little bit of a blocking liability maybe that kind of hurts him from getting on the field but i really think that just means he's going to be more of a pass catching guy maybe playing in the slot a little bit playing like a little off off tackle a bit i like the pick are your dawson knox shares dead i don't have any dawson knox if you did (laughs) on purpose (laughs) if you did if i did no no he's not I am the one who knocks. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely like a lesson in the school of hard knocks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, being as you are definitely a little more not so tight end conscious, you don't love a good tight end. <laughs> what, what was your thoughts on this pick? Or where, where do you have him? So I hate to be the Debbie Downer, but I prefer Michael Mayer going to the Las Vegas Raiders. And I would prefer Sam Laporta going to the Detroit Lions. 
as tight ends who are going to have a greater impact this year and then probably even more so going forward than Dalton Kincaid. Now you look at it like how many tight ends go in the first round. Yeah, like Hawkinson and Fant, two Hawkeyes, of course. Fant's great. And then Pitts. How great were these guys right out the gate? Mm. Not. Yeah, tight ends take a few years to prime. And that's that's the highest drafted ones. The NFL is saying we like these guys the highest or this much. So he's definitely got draft capital. He's definitely the style of tight end you want for fantasy football because this isn't a guy who's like, we took him because of his pass blocking prowess. So you like him for that reason. You like him for the opportunity reason because it's just Gabe the Babe Davis there with <laughs> Stephon Diggs as far as pass catching options for, I don't know, Josh Allen. So all those reasons are great reasons to like a tight end. But for me, that's all great reasons to like a tight end after you get out of the wide receiver ones and twos for most teams. Because it's not like, you know, if he ends up being tight end 20, it's like, okay, cool, I can deal with that. He either needs to be a tight end one, or I would much rather have these wide receivers I can play on a weekly basis. Yeah. And that's how my approach is for it. If they have a chance to be a tight end one this year, I think Michael Mayer and Sam Laporta have a better chance than Dalton Kincaid, even though he was drafted higher and has the illustrious first round draft capital and sweet landing spot. I basically have just resigned from taking any of him. I'm not going to get him. He's just going to be someone who goes higher than I want him and I'm going to get a wide receiver or running back I like because he gets picked. Okay. I completely agree. I just wanted to be the counterpoint. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I'm not taking I'm not taking Kincaid anywhere. <laughs> this is non-tight end premium. Tight end premium. I could see arguments where you want to mix in some tight ends with the this yeah. next group of four wide receivers that I really like, but it... no, I would have taken Kincaid instead of Spears if he were still there. Yeah. I that, I just I, I was having Steve's back there and I'm being the category guy who can't agree all the time. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Sleeper ADP has him as a mid first round pick right now. So if you're not following really close and you're just looking at ADP and picking from ADP, I think that's going to drive up Kincaid's ADP because of just how he's listed on the sleeper platform right now. Yeah. I just, I, I just saw him go 110 in the league. Mm-hmm. Like while we're talking about Kincaid, I just look at the thing, one pick 1.10. It's weird to think about. I'm taking a running back selected in the fourth round over a first round tight end. Yeah. It seems weird, but if you want a tight end rather than go ahead and spend your first round pick on one, trade one. Like if you're paying 107, if you're paying for 107 or 108 for Kincaid mm-hmm. and like at the ADP sleeper head at the beginning of the draft season, imagine the tight end you could get for that pick. Mm-hmm. Like that's not far off from Goddard value. Yeah. Buy tight ends. Don't draft them in rookie drafts because mm. his value will probably be less than it is today in two months. Yeah. If he's, if you if you were halfway through the season and he's got 220 receiving yards and he might not even hit that. If, if we're at that point and then all of a sudden, is it going to take a first to buy him from the guy who drafted him the first? Probably not. He's not Pitts. Yeah, and we're still waiting on Pitts. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not waiting on Pitts. Pitts already broke out. He just got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. He, he put up a thousand yards as a rookie tight end. He broke out, but it was like a wet paper bag. Yeah, and <laughs> it doesn't look great now that we have just Ritter, him in London, and Bijan. It's just really frustrating, but I really do think Pitts already broke out. Mm-hmm. And Johnny. Forgot about him. <laughs> now they just need to get Hurst again. <laughs> I have Hurst. Hurst is my boy. Mm-hmm. I know. He's a league winner, baby. I love Hayden Hurst. I love Hayden Hurst, too. I mean, he was... He's a great guy. He was like a league winner for me last year. I was really, really upset when he got hurt, and I was like, what are you doing? You can't be 
hurt now? Mm-hmm. Like, I need you. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's like it's his last name or something. Yeah, like you can be Hurts and Hurst and yeah. And he did, he rallied back at the end for the win. I will have you know, but all right. So moving on. Moving on to Sky Moore. So you would throw your next pick at weddings. Moving on from tight ends to Rashi, Rice, Rice, Baby. Dun, 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 dun. I had to. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I didn't either. And I didn't know what song you were doing when you started. And then I figured mm-hmm. that. Then, yeah. Rice, Rice, Baby. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so we're in Kansas City. We lost Juju and what? Nicole Hardman. Mm-hmm. And we've got Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. And now we have Rice, Rice, Baby. And, and, and now you have a new Sky Moore. And highest paid wide receiver. Who am I missing? Marquez Valdez Scantling. The $10 million man. Oh, Jesus. I can't. That's why I didn't remember. <laughs> the only player paid on that team. And MVS. Okay. And Kelsey. And, and of course, like, do you even need anybody else besides Kelsey? And their left tackle for two touchdowns and three different side ends for a touchdown. Like, you want to love the wide receivers in Kansas City because you have Mahomes throwing to you, right? Yeah. But unless you're Travis Kelsey, it's like New England's backfield. Nobody knows. That's like the thing about a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes is it doesn't matter who's on the field. He moves the ball. He'll get the ball too. who can catch it. Yeah. And all of them. Fortunately for Kansas City, they apparently have like 14 different guys that can catch the ball. Mm, adequately. Which is great. I mean, it's great for them. It's bad for fantasy. Yeah. It's just a team I kind of stay away from fantasy players. <laughs> I happen to draft him here hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of just one of those convoluted teams that it's like, there isn't like, besides Travis Kelsey, there isn't like a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm convinced he's going to be good because he kind of sounds like Sidney Rice and Sydney Rice was good for like one year. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know what else he sounds like? There's another guy, there's another guy, Rice, that sounds really good. I can't remember his name, his first name though. I think he played for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he punched his way out of the league. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> no, not that guy. <sighs> <laughs> Could be the wide receiver one for the Chiefs. Yeah. I want him more than Mingo, who's going to be potentially the wide receiver one for the Panthers. Yeah. M-I-N-G-O, M-I-N-G-O. That sounds good, too. M-I-N-G-O, and Mingo was his name. Oh, okay. Moving right along. <laughs> I, so my goal is to find a song for every player, if yeah. you haven't noticed. Mm-hmm. Not to be the Debbie Downer on this next pick, but Papa... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you downs with the sickness? <laughs> not, not particularly. Hey, oh, okay, downs. I, I followed Rice with downs. <laughs> We're downs with that. <laughs> we can dig it. Got decent draft capital on a team that just drafted a rookie quarterback at fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Alec Pierce kind of had more like a an Elijah Moore rookie stat line, so we're not really sure what's going on there. Pittman on a down year, so there is definitely an opportunity for a wide receiver three. Could be the wide receiver two there as well. Yeah, I like to hate on Alec Pierce at least recently. You like to too, but if you go put Elijah Moore's stat line his rookie year next to Alec Pierce mm-hmm. and go see how much we hyped up Elijah Moore and how much we dropped Alec Pierce. Mm, but I liked Elijah Moore so much more coming into the league. I know you did. Alec you did. So that made you like him more. Uh-huh. But they did the same thing. Yeah, and he gets Watson, and Downs is going to get a mustache at quarterback. Why mustache you? But Elijah Moore would have gotten Rodgers and 11 other wide receivers. Yeah, it's a really tough situation there. Uh, I still like Alec Pierce, so, but I could be wrong on him. I actually like your pick next more 
than mine now, a couple days later. I, I was stunned. I was stunned. Yeah. Josh Downs is in this four wide receiver tier for me. There's four wide receivers I really like here, and I like them all better than Mingo, which is a, either a hot take or a cold take. I don't know. A dissenting take. Wait, so you would have drafted Bingo after these guys? Was his name? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, so you're saying you would have moved Mingo to, like, this spot? Rice before the draft was, like, a third-round rookie draft pick. Downs was a late first, early second. Jalen Hyatt is who I picked with the next pick. He was a late first, early second. And then the next pick is Stephen Murphy, and he picked Mims. And that was someone who was also kind of mixing around in that early second range. Mingo was a fifth-round pick. Oh. And then he got a little bit of hype and started creeping up in the fourth. And then every once in a while, someone, like, while his name was trending in a headline, would pick him in, like, the late third. Mm -hmm. And then he gets drafted all the way up into the early second round above these other wide receivers. Okay. So he's the one where the NFL thinks he's worth a lot more than I thought he was going to be worth. Okay. So I'm real hesitant to draft him above these other four wide receivers who I liked more. He's a little bit of a wait and see. Mingo. I mean. Like, he, you don't have time to wait because you got to draft him in the rookie draft or not draft him in the rookie draft. And as of right now, I'm just shying away and hope he goes early enough to where I don't actually have to, like... You don't have to make that decision. Make that decision. Yeah. You know. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to sabotage your Hyatt pick here. I love the Hyatt pick. Mm-hmm. That's a hotel I'd like to stay in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I wouldn't. I don't want to stay there. It's definitely no Super 8. Mm-hmm. Huh. Much better. Now, the thing is with Hyatt is I don't think he's ever going to be, like, a wide receiver one, like a top 12 wide receiver that you ever value him that high but could he be the most productive wide receiver for the Giants I think the answer is yes okay I actually don't Ooh, hot take from Mike it's a possibility I think he kills Slayton <gasps> no not Slayton they barely wanted Slayton last year and then they resigned him for next to nothing so <laughs> I feel like Slayton barely has a pulse right now so I mean <laughs> it's not gonna be that hard <laughs> he was our deep downfield threat the poor Giants man yeah. like I told thought at 25 i was like quentin johnston to the giants at 25 it'd be awesome he's not even invited to the first round they could reach a couple picks and take him there nope there's a run of four wide receivers in a row the exact four picks before the new york giants pick in the first round i feel like they got robbed of all the first round wide receivers it just so happened to fall that way but their constellation prize is high at here remember last year looking at the playoffs what wide receivers were like top 24 and richie james and isaiah Hodgins were top 24 wide receivers in the end playoffs because these are Daniel Jones' best weapons. Well, could that be Hyatt this year? I think it could be. And I mean, that's a better case than you can make for some of these other guys who are right there with him. So for me, I like Hyatt and he's been going even a couple wide receivers later, even several picks later in a couple different drafts. I've already landed him in at least one here is a value. Someone who's falling a few picks later in almost every draft I'm in than I would actually be drafting him if I was on the clock when I thought he was worth it. I love the spot and I love his profile. I like that he's more of like a downfield receiver. He's got the speed. He's not like a slot receiver. The Giants right now have like 32 wide receivers on their on their roster and I think 31 of them are slot receivers. <laughs> About 30 of them are slot receivers. Mm-hmm. And none of them are above replacement. <laughs> okay, well, Wandale. Waskly, 
Wabbit. <laughs> Plus Hyatt and Slayton. What I like about him is I think I, I think he could clearly be the downfield threat, the, the downfield target for Daniel Jones. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he is pretty accurate with midfield to, to deep. Okay. Unfortunately, just because of how the team goes, how the team is right now with the offensive line and how they're still kind of moving forward, I just don't think he's going to see enough targets to kind of consistently put up the numbers, especially his rookie year. He'll probably be pretty boomer bust, but I could definitely see him putting up some big touchdowns this year. So one of the cop-out answers. Might be better at best ball. Yeah, he's probably really good in best ball, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he I, I could see him having a couple of 23-point games this year, but I really think that having him opens up that field. I like it. All right. Why don't you go ahead and tell them who Stephen Murphy picked? Denzel Mims. Oh, very close. Very close. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Another guy, another guy he liked a lot. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah, so Marvin Mims goes to Stephen Murphy, and Stephen Murphy is a noted Broncos fan, though this pick wouldn't necessarily indicate that. For me, it's Marvin Mims and Mingo who I'm debating back and forth with. Do I want the wide receiver three on the Sean Payton offense behind Sutton and Judy, and that's assuming that Tim Patrick isn't above him and Hamler isn't healthy and they don't like any their tight ends. He got picked in a late second round pick. So, man, I like Mims. I liked him as much as Hyatt and Downs more than Rice and Mingo before the NFL draft. And his landing spot is worse than everybody here. Mm. I slightly disagree. I'm not sure how much I really like Mims. Now, let's say you tell me tomorrow that Sutton or Judy is traded. All of a sudden, I like Marvin Mims more. What if Sutton's just not there anymore? Not like specifically traded, but still on the roster. What if he's just not the guy anymore he's not super old yet yeah but he's not super he hasn't really returned to form since he's been hurt agreed he's been a little bit of a frustrating player i really just don't think he's ever returned to form last year would have been considered the year coming back from that and then now would be the fully healthy year and with sean payton i really think that if Cortland sutton was not done and was healthy he would have been traded by now or they're keeping him because they really like him and have big plans for him Uh, i think judy's gonna be big this year and I think another wide receiver is going to be big this year. I just don't think it's going to be Sutton, but it could be Tim Patrick or Mims. So there's a lot of things in the way of Mims, but if some of these roadblocks were cleared, I would like Mims a lot more. So I guess it's faith in the roadblocks roadblocks being cleared that kind of determine where you value Marvin Mims. I think he's deserved of a late second round pick. There's just three people I'd like more than him. Three or four, if you include Mingo. Bingo. Bingo. All right. One of them would be who Noble picked next. Yes. And of course, I couldn't get out of this draft without a tight end because I love them maybe as much as kickers. Don't make me choose. So Michael Mayer is who I picked in my final pick of this mock draft. Tight end going to Las Vegas, of course, going in to where Waller has vacated. They do have Austin Hooper and OJ Howard. Uh, OJ, OJ Howard, I feel like, has been on so many teams, and I keep wanting him to be relevant, and he just isn't. Mm, don't drink the OJ. Yeah, don't drink the OJ. Mm. Even if it's spiked, just stay away. And don't jump through Hoopers. Austin Hooper's interesting to me, though. Like He's got a name for basketball. He is. He is. Or, yeah, or he could be Pooper Scooper Hooper. Uh, see, I don't like that one as much. No. <laughs> 
Like, so do you think he goes in as the tight end one on the team? Maybe. He's arguably tight end one in this class, and I think he's definitely tight end one on that team. Like, do you think he fits into the Waller spot? No. Waller is a wide receiver, first of all. He's not a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. Meyer is not that. So if you're expecting to get Waller out of him, you've already done something wrong because they're not the same player. They're not the same profile. They're not going to be the same thing. Okay. He can still be a very good tight end, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be tight end two overall. But that's not to dismiss his fantasy viability because he could also be that too. Oh, no. And this is a team with an old Adams. They just signed Jacoby Myers to a three-year deal <laughs> and Hunter Renfro. But it is Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. So, I mean, Jimmy made Kittle fine. Yeah. Is Mayer going to be fine? Just not sold on Hooper or obviously OJ Howard. So immediate production out of a rookie tight end could happen with Michael Mayer. And Noble was saying it's like, this is supposedly supposed to be one of the more loaded tight end classes. Well, they were drafted by the NFL as if they were. Yeah. Because Mayer was selected at 2.04, one pick behind Sam Laporta. (laughs) And, you know, a handful of picks behind Dalton Kincaid. But there was a whole bunch of tight ends picked, especially before Darnell Washington. But a whole bunch of other tight ends picked in like the second and third round this year, way more than normal. I mean, Michael Mayer was projected and mocked to be a first round draft pick. Now, so was Dalton Kincaid, and it was just Dalton Kincaid who ended up getting picked at the end of the first round, and then Michael Mayer at the beginning of the second round. I don't think that like you can look at draft capital and be like, Dalton Kincaid, way better draft capital. Mm, I don't know. He was more the combine that really did that. I don't think Meyer just tested as well as people had expected because of the hype that he's had for the last few years, because he's been the tight end one of this class for one or two years now. Mm-hmm. You know, clear cut. Everybody knew about Meyer. Not everybody knew about Kincaid. Combine happened, and he kind of dropped off. Michael Mayer is two years younger than Dalton Kincaid. He's a younger, a year younger than Sam Laporta. He went out early because he is good. A lot of tight ends stay longer, and he didn't. I, I know tight ends break out later, but I mean, like the opportunity is going to be there for Mayer and Sam Laporta, and I weigh the opportunity for rookie tight ends and rookie drafts a lot more heavily than you might think you should. Like you just start like trying to like evaluate them as far as how good they are because inevitably tight ends get taken and then three months down the line they are instantly worth less. Yeah. And then the first half of the season they barely play and there's guys you never heard of who are getting more snaps than them and they fall even more in value. It happens every single year. You know what I mean? Right now draft capital is like really recent on everyone's minds. So that's driving up these tight ends and drafts. That's why you see guys that if you do a rookie draft in August, these tight ends are not going to be first round draft picks. Yeah. I I just think that's the way it's going to be. But right now they are because it's like, no, I'm taking the second round guy over the fourth round running back or the third round running back. I'm taking the second round wide receiver. So they're, they're a little, they're traps a little bit. I don't know if that's how it's going to shake out for fantasy for me, but I have a tie between Michael Mayer and Sam Laporta and you picked Michael Mayer. I don't have any problem with it whatsoever other than one wide receiver I would prefer. Not to be confused with Michael Myers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a, a killer pick. <laughs> it's a killer pick. I like pick. it. Papa, who's your last and final pick in this rookie draft? Well, with Ty J. Spears, I, at this point, I mean, I do like Iowa's pick as well. I'll, I'll give him that, but he got the capital. He's got a decent size. 
He's got the decent college production, and he's got a path to relevance. Eric Henry, 29 years old last year, the contract already showed injury concerns last year. He's got a clear path to touches on, on and fantasy relevance. So this is the type of player I'm looking for in the late second round of a rookie draft. A running back with a clear path to relevance, an opportunity, and score points. Nick, anything on Dill Pickle Spears? Yes. <laughs> Pickle Spears, uh, <laughs> I'm basically in a pickle there because there's like <laughs> rumors that Henry would be traded. If Henry were traded, mm. boom, all of a sudden Spears belongs in this Kendra Miller, Rashawn Johnson, Devon Chain. Yeah. Or even if he doesn't, we have Rashad White next year. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You look forward a year, it could be worth it. It's late day two draft capital. It's not like he was a fourth round pick. You're less worried about him getting Michael Cartered because of slightly better draft capital as long as he isn't like davis price tdp yeah we're not down with tdp are you down with it no not no more <laughs> no yeah as long as he isn't like tdp who where you get picked in the third round and then it doesn't turn out that great i need other things to happen for me to be on board with him and they could but since they haven't happened yet i'm fading him just behind who i picked with the next pick but i like spears and tank bigsby behind etn who is a couple picks from now I like them tied. It just depends on the health of the running back ahead of them or the availability of the running back ahead of them, how much I'm going to like them. Both Bigsby and Spears are your discount versions of your Rashawn Johnson and Miller, where you're kind of looking for the situation to, to take place. And they, they still have decent profiles. They still have decent production. They still have decent sizes. These are just like your late second versions of the same things where they could easily be above them by the end of the season next year. I don't think they're as likely as the other guys. We talked about it before the NFL draft that there's this big tier of running backs. And this tier is going to get cut in half. Half of them are going to get decent enough draft capital. Or maybe a little over half are going to get decent enough draft capital. And then only some of those are going to get decent landing spots. And then we'll kind of sort out that tier. And that's how this has kind of gone. Because Spears and Bigsby were right there with Kendra Miller and Rashawn Johnson and Devon Chain before the NFL draft. Now landing spot in D.C., you get that all sorted out. And this is kind of how it's spread out. But these guys are right there in the same talent tier. It's just the opportunity in draft capital that has them pushed to where they are here in this draft. Well, let's get into our first cheese head taken in the top 24. Nick? Yep. So if you like second round wide receivers going to Green Bay, cough, cough, <laughs> Christian Watson, <laughs> then I don't understand why you don't like Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed and Jalen Hyatt are two of the wide receivers that are falling later than I think they should go in drafts. Mm-hmm. Hyatt granted third round pick, but Jaden Reed was the 19th pick in the second round. Now the Packers are notorious for picking like Amari Rogers too high. And yeah, they've had some interesting picks. <laughs> Josiah DeGuara and then picking two tight ends a couple classes later. I don't know how much I trust their picking chops, their picking ability, their choices. Jordan Love, if you believe in him, he's got to throw it to somebody and it can't just be Christian Watson. I think Jaden Reed is one of the better values at wide receiver in the late second and then even early third in some drafts. But here at 211, I'm taking Jaden Reed and I would actually take him a hut ahead of Tajay Spears. Pickle. Probably said his name wrong. I got a pickle. I got a pickle. I got a pickle. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and then Tank Bigsby. I would prefer him. And I prefer Reed. My hottest take is probably preferring Reed to both Mingo and Mims. Mims, I had higher pre-NFL draft, but the landing spot, I like 
like reads better than Mims and then Mingo. I've obviously been proved to be at least somewhat of a hater, I guess, but I would prefer Reed to Mingo as well. So speaking of fun fact, you know, I love to interject my fun facts. So speaking of like a tight end, heavy draft, talented draft class, Green Bay actually picked two tight ends out of this rookie class. The last team to pick two tight ends out of a rookie draft was the New England Patriots who chose Ron Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Just fun little fun fact for you. Locked in Hall of Famers. I think that's the only deduction you can make. What? <laughs> Didn't they also take, what was it, David Asiai or whatever Asi-Asi. and the other guy in the same draft? Yeah. The assassin? Yeah. And the other guy who aren't even on teams anymore? Wait, I think I just called them Ron Gronkowski. It's Rob Gronkowski. Please, yeah. Rob Gronkowski. Bob Gronkowski? <laughs> Why did I call him? I feel like I called him Ron. Gronkowski with a mustache. <laughs> All right, Gina, I'm going to put you to the test real quick. Oh, my God. Ten Man League. Ten? On the clock. Yeah. Levis, Kincaid, Charbonnet, Akane, or Miller. Okay, hold on. Ten Team Superflex? Ten Team Superflex, tight end premium, half point. I'll, I'll read them again. It's not a rush. Levis, Kincaid, Charbonnet, a chain, Miller. You got Meyer, Mingo, Downs, Mims, too. Ten Team Superflex. Okay. Who am I taking? You're making a pick for me. Whoever you pick, I'm taking. <sighs> So it's a running back or Will Levis. It's a $100 league, too. I'm probably going... Well, it depends. Like, do you need running backs? Do you need a quarterback? I don't need anything. Okay. I have, like, seven quarterbacks and six running backs. Mm. Oh, wait. How many running backs do I have? Uh, I could kind of use running back, but I don't really care. Tarbs. I'm going to go with Tarbs because the talent is there above the other ones. In 10-team, you probably can get a quarterback later. I have too many quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going... You guys would probably recommend charbs to me in that position unless you've all of a sudden changed your tune and then i would say off the chain i may have uh, changed my opinion yeah he would have i told you gina you were making the pick oh so did you go charbs oh yeah you told me to okay sweet we can blame the queen (laughs) (laughs) i had like five picks in the first round there so that was just filling in the last one there that was pick 10 who would you have picked i really didn't want to pick levis but i was kind of wanting to pick him just because i had Tannehill. you were hoping I would say Levis. <laughs> but I have so many quarterbacks. I want you to not say Okay, him. okay. So then I won. Did you have anything to add about Reed? Are you good with Reed? We got mm-hmm. last pick. Read the room. He may be falling. Yeah. Yeah, he is falling. He he is drafted lower than he should be because he is an incredible value in rookie drafts right now. I don't like him as much as Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. No. But it just seems weird that Christian Watson was like, you know, a mid to late first and now he's, it's kind of crazy. Well, do you think it's the Jordan Love thing? Do you think people are fading him because of the quarterback situation? I think people are fading him right now because the rookie draft season is early mm-hmm. and we're still getting all of our information and kind of reacting to what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not far from the NFL draft. The same thing happened last year where the second round, third round, and maybe the late first was a little bit in flux where it wasn't consistent. Like right now, if I wanted to in a second round and I had a few different picks, I could probably get all the guys I wanted to just because ADP hasn't caught up yet. There isn't really a consensus yet. Once there's a real consensus, this thing's going to get a lot clearer. Okay. This is why, for the record, this is why I hate doing rookie drafts right after the rookie draft. I I don't like it. Yeah. It favors the sharps. (sighs) 
Yeah, the four of us could draft in seven days, and it's not going to be the same draft. It's going to be a different draft. Yeah. And then we could draft again in a week, and it's going to be slightly different from there. I like to let the dust settle, and then, yeah. like, really think about it, really analyze it, and then draft. But yeah. everybody's like, oh my god, get the draft started, like, mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, that's what, I love that, too, because that, that helps the, the people that are putting in the work and the mm -hmm. research. And, yes, even though we've put in the work and the research, we're still adjusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe in a month i'll be able to go in every single rookie draft and set a queue of 50 players mm -hmm. i'm not there yet i'm still working through that yeah. we're all working through that mm -hmm. well let's end on a big note here we've got the last pick in our 24 running back out of jacksonville bigsby best name <laughs> tank bigsby you have to say his name he's got the best name the tank bigsby i mean that is really a great name for a running back is he huge too what's your song for that one uh, uh i gotta think on that. Well, I don't know. Bigsby girls don't cry, but uh, <laughs> Bigsby girls don't cry. Yep, you nailed it. I like to call him Big Tanksy. Bigsby, they don't cry. <laughs> they don't cry. That's where you guys come in. Then you need to be like, they don't cry. They don't cry. There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, we got it. See, now we're good. Yeah. We'll do that the next show. We'll have that performed. I just don't like that song. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I like Ragdoll a lot better. Peter buys a tank. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know how to negotiate. Hold on. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying earlier with Tank Bigsby, I have him tiered there with Spears, and it's for similar reasons. They both have running backs ahead of them that are touted and the main deal there. But you could say each of them are going to have their own role, whether they're the starter there or not. So they're going to have some value. And then with the upside to be a lot more valuable if something were to happen to the running back ahead of them. And I think that's what Tank Bigsby and Tajay, 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 Mr. Spears, Mr. Pickle, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I did it. I would prefer both of those after Jaden Reed as of right now. And when I picked Jaden Reed, I pleaded with Stephen Murphy. I was like, I hope you pick Sam Laporta because that's who I wanted to pick with this pick. But then you picked Spears. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to pick Jaden Reed. But you should pick Sam Laporta. Nope, he picked Tank Bigsby. So Sam Laporta lives to be drafted another day. I love it. I guess got a value at the 302. Laporta? Yeah, because Gina wasn't taking a second side end. She would have taken Darnell. Yeah, I remember Gina's one point. Yeah. What? <laughs> what did I? I still like cunts. What did I do? We, we may or may not have gotten to a tight end with the last name Washington this draft. Yeah. And we didn't get Parker either. Listen, don't. I wanted to pick him, but I didn't want to get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would have gotten yelled at for that one. Yeah. 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 You don't take a tight end cuff. Mm -hmm. The town friar would have arrested you. Except for Kincaid. <laughs> oh, my God. I am a little. I was like really sad that he went where he went. Talk about landing spot. I'm like, dude, you're. What are you doing? Like, Darnell Washington's a beast. He needs to have the top spot. Every every tight end prospect is a freak athlete. It's true. They are really huge freaks. They were basketball players. They started playing football. They become a tight end. They get drafted in the fifth round. They really are huge. One yeah. out of a hundred of them becomes some crazy tight end that we like in fantasy for six years. And then we're like, oh, he used to play basketball. Mm -hmm. They didn't all make a 
one-handed catch at the combine, though. It's like, oh, he's a freak athlete. No kidding. He yeah. used to play basketball, and he could palm a basketball. You think he can one-handed catch in football? Maybe. I think so. Darnell Washington can. Oh, and he's fast? <laughs> oh, and he's 6'7 and, two, and 280? And, and he's fast? Oh, well, by great. default, he has to be fast. Those legs are the length of my entire body. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's six steps to do a 40-yard dash, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, he could just long jump it. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be yeah. there. So I think it'd be cool to go around and do each of our closing comments on this top 24. And then we got to get out of here because we've been here for a really long time. Oh my God. We are so, we have been out of time for an hour. It has. It has. We have, but it's been so much fun. It's fun for you guys because you don't have to work tomorrow. But for the closing argument for this podcast, I remind you that if you're playing in a 12 team Superflex league and it's not tight end premium, you should probably be starting a max of 12 tight ends for the entire league each week. And when you're picking these rookie tight ends, what's the chance that they're going to be a top 12 tight end and actually be relevant? One of the ones worth <laughs> starting. Take that into consideration because it's easy to get caught up in the draft capital landing spot. That's going to be great. And if things work out really well, if they're tight end 20, you wasted your pick. Mm. So just remember one, yeah, deep tight end class, all the more reason to wait and potentially get a tight end later when it's all the crap guys. But I'm just telling you, just if you can avoid drafting a tight end and they're not just the screaming best value on the board, then I would be pivoting to other positions. And this year is going to be a prime example because I think we look up in a year and we don't like these tight ends this high. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Or if we do, it's going to be several guys that are drafted after these tight ends that are going to be ranked above them in a year. All right. Thank you for your closing argument. Moving on and pivoting to Papa Bear Claw. Mike, what is your... And vote for Pedro. And vote for Pedro. Pedro for president. Mike? Take your guys. If they're within the same tier and you have a guy that you prefer, go for it. Don't go ahead and get hung up on the situation. Don't get hung up on the camp talk from the reporters like Jamar Chase can't catch football, so don't draft him. You know, don't let that hurt what you're doing. If the talent was there, the production was there, the draft capital was there, and you were there with him, don't get discouraged by the other guys. Okay, good advice. My advice is to listen to Nick and Mike because they're really <laughs> smart. So, <laughs> number one, you've already won by listening to this podcast, so pat yourself on the back, you're winning. And talent above all else, I guess. Like, one of my things that I learn often, I get hung up on landing spots a lot, which is important. However, like, you always want the most valuable talent. So, when there's not much that separates, like, always go for the talent, because you just don't know what's going to happen. Mike gave a really good explanation of that in this podcast about simple things can happen and the guy goes down that you were worried about the landing spot and the next thing you know, you've got the most talented player in the position that you needed. In essence, a lot of these rookies are dart throws anyway and so you're, you want to rely on talent above all else. So when you're needing to make those decisions, rely on talent. And make the right one. And one last shout out to one of my favorite league mates that I would probably take Hendon Hooker next for him. Oh, dad runner? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even get to Hendon Hooker. We'll get to him in future podcasts, but I know, but if Goff struggles this year, the fans are going to sound like Red Light District because it's going to be like, Hooker, Hooker, Hooker. <laughs> wow, hook, line, and sinker on that. All right, and with that, we have been out of time for at for least an hour. An hour. <laughs> so we're really out of time this time. We want to, of course, thank you for staying with us and 
listening to our podcast. We certainly hope you have enjoyed the information and you find this information helpful um, week after week as we put it out. These guys really are smart. They know what they're doing. I have winning fantasy teams to attest for that because I listen to them. So it really is good, actionable advice and hopefully entertaining at the same time. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter. Make sure that you follow the Rank Draft Trade podcast and tell your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And share it, share it with all of your friends. So thank you for your constant listening and attention. And we certainly hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. Hope of the certain variety. Peace, love and prosper. Have a good night. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta open up the audacity. Oh, sh- were you recording? What? You better have been recording. <laughs> <laughs>